Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Talking Tolkien. Today, we're discussing Chapter 2 of Book 6. You heard it, Book 6 of The Lord of the Rings. This chapter is entitled The Land of Shadow. Now, I wonder what that could be. Oh, yeah, we spent a fair amount of time at the end of the last episode talking about it. Spoiler alert, it's Mordor. So, as always, we're going to head over to Katie for a quick educational session uh, for today's Word of the Day in Elvish. And... What happened on this day in Middle-earth? Then Chase is going to briefly recap the events of last week's readings. We will, as always, spend most of this episode discussing, once again, that's Chapter 2, The Land of Shadow, at the end, taking a brief moment to discuss our favorites, both from this text and from this week of our lives. I'm John. I'm Katie. And I'm Chase. All right, so, Katie, today is uh, the last Thursday in August, the 25th. What's going on? Yeah, so on August 25th, or actually a couple days ago, on... Uh, the 21st, back in The Hobbit story in the year 2941, Bomber wakes up in the morning and the company leave the path. And again, they're still in Mirkwood. Um, they see the elves fire, so they go off the path. Um, the next day on the 22nd, Bilbo was fighting off spiders with his trusty friend Sting. And uh, actually, that's when he named it Sting, which was a fun tidbit. Um, the next day, on the 23rd, the dwarves were surrounded by elves, and um, they surrender, but Bilbo, of course, escapes because he uses the ring and disappears. And on that same day, the 23rd, in 3018, so fast forward, Frodo is preparing to leave Bag End. Finally, coming to today, the 25th, again, in the year 3018, in our current story, um, all of Hobbiton is um, talking and rumoring about Frodo's announcement to move to Buckland. All right. A lot of parallels. I will say, I will between say. Between The Hobbit and what we read tonight. Yeah. I have to be honest. Like, I can't get past that right then. I will say I spent the 21st myself at Ikea. So if there's one thing I understand, it is how disorienting it can be when you find yourself off of the prescribed path. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever wandered around an, an Ikea, Ikea before. Don't. The Mirkwood of... But those distores are designed like the uh, the great labyrinth of a uh, Greek dude whose name I cannot currently remember. But don't, anyway, don't Katie... go off the path in Ikea. Yeah. No. <laughs> what no. is what is our word for tonight? So, Today, uh, whatever, Whenever you're listening to us. Whenever you're listening to us, yes. Uh, our Elvish word of the day. Um, I'm going to give you... Again, two languages, just because I feel like it. Um, and the word in Sindarin is an adjective, and it is loam. And then in Noldorin and in Quenya, it is lumba. Lumba. Dumba. Lumba. No, I knew you were going to do that. I Lumba. knew it. <laughs> I mean, uh, if the shoe fits. <laughs> but no, uh, the word means weary. Ah, very Ooh. appropriate. Very appropriate. Are there any chapter. names that we would recognize that this would be a part of? Uh, Loomba the weary. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Loom. Hmm. I'll think. I'm, I'll, I'll think about it. <laughs> That's not how things work. Chase, what did we... Uh, last week's episode. Last week. Jeez. So last week, Sam woke up 
And that's it. No, Sam woke up and managed to get himself to the Tower of Kirith Ungle and also note that the uh, wall surrounding it was not built by orcs, but rather built by Gondorians. That's the right word, right? Yeah. Gondorians? Mm-hmm. Yes. And also got the first proper look on Mount Doom that we have received while reading this book. And it quite, it, it very much captivated me. Spoiler alert. It's a volcano. It's a volcano. Yeah, it's a big volcano that vomits, vomit, vomit, vomit. Um, and knowing Tolkien, because uh, he and I are uh, on the same level. New new game for this podcast. Every every time Chase is excited about the word vomit, take a shot of <laughs> take a shot of syrup of Ipecac. Don't, a little too easy. No, don't encourage Ew. people to do that. Oof. Um, and then he realizes that all the orcs and Kirith Ungol's tower are dead, and he goes up inside of it. And gets attacked by a few other orcs we've encountered previously, namely Shagrat. And and basically finds Frodo at the top of the tower, still alive, but missing everything. And Sam's like, oh, you're not missing everything, Mr. Frodo. That's my (laughs) Sam voice, apparently. And gives him the ring, and and Frodo's like, no, I must must take this. And kind of acts like Gollum, and it was really weird. But also describes Sam as Gollum. Um... But they end up leaving the tower, disguised as orcs, ready to head off to Mount Doom. They also encounter some freaky deaky watchers. Who alert the their presence to the Nazgul. Yes, that yes, that was something that was noted. And, uh, and that left us that's where we left off was the fact of some Nazgul like thing coming down upon them. Yes. And so that's where we pick back up and it says Sam had just enough wits to thrust the file of Gladriel back into his breast. Um, so they immediately start this chapter kind of in hiding. And this chapter is like a lot of the chapters in book two of the two towers where it's mostly descriptions of Frodo and Sam mm-hmm. uh, traveling and it's not as much actual content and or plot. Yeah, it felt extremely breezy to me in a way. Yeah, compared to like the yeah. end of book one where it was so like, it was about machinations and things getting together and coming together at the right time. Action, action, so, action. Yes. And I mean, to that end, we've already seen once in, in, in book six a direct reference to what was happening again. Or, or I mean, happening with to the others at this part of time. And that actually occurs again in this chapter. Yeah. So we, we start with them basically just hiding from the Nazgul and then making their way slowly trying to, uh, you know, kind of slip away unnoticed. Trying, Yeah, trying to stay out of sight because as Frodo notes, uh, they are, and again, currently dressed as orcs, they are running away from the tower while, you know, all of this Nazgul shrieking and bell clanging and horn blowing is going on. The orcs are moving towards the tower. So, of course, this is quite conspicuous. Um and they're trying to to make an escape without being seen and lay low. But of course, it's um, quite a feat because uh, they eventually they get they get onto this bridge, and they're going going along a this this bridge trying to get to the other side of it. But they hear uh, a band of orcs approaching, and, and, and so at this moment, uh, Miss uh, Sam says to Mister Frodo. Lay low. Lay low. 
into the thickets. Uh, uh, so <laughs> they they do something. I mean, this is really kind of reminiscent of the bridge in Moria. Uh-huh. And in fact, Frodo, not Frodo, Sam, uh, they they both kind of leap off the bridge at the same time. And Sam is is expecting to basically die, uh, and instead is met with a uh, what is the I think softest cushion that Mordor could provide. <laughs> A thicket of thorns. Which brings up something I want to note in this chapter is it's not like the most humorous of chapters ever written by Tolkien, but I am shocked by how much humor was in this chapter. Well, like in like even if it was not necessarily meant to be there, I still found this chapter like weirdly like, oh, Sam and Frodo are back together and then some mild hilarity actually does take place. Yeah, and see... Mild. mild. You, you'll never believe what these kooky kids get up to in the Land of Shadows. <laughs> well, but I I think that's... That's a... Yeah, that's a mark of... of the the character of Sam, and it's a mark of their friendship, too. Um, it's how they operate. It's always how Sam operates. Um, we've, we've always known Sam to be this kind of uh, self-deprecating... Um, you know, calling himself a ninny hammer and whatnot... Um, but also having, like, always providing us with kind of quick wit and uh, some lighthearted moments. And they're very important. And I think they kind of echo something a little bit that we'll probably talk about uh, as the chapter progresses. But yeah, there's uh, this kind of lighthearted moment. And like it says that Sam would have laughed had he known, you know, as he was jumping off this bridge that they were going to land on like a pile of thorns but but then also i i like that as you said john that this is like the softest bed that mortar could provide for them to to land having jumped off of a cliff uh to find it of course only around 12 feet below them uh was like some nasty brambly thing (laughs) so sam of course immediately regrets his decision to not really wear any orc armor and just kind of have that cloak. Yeah. And Frodo is like, honestly, even this leather jerkin, uh, you know, and the mail that I'm wearing, like it was not helpful. Yeah. So then they just kind of keep on going. Struggle out of the thorns and continue into the valley. Right. And it's basically all they can do. Right. I mean, they have their goal ahead of them for the first time. To be honest, really, for the first time ever, their goal is looming ahead of them, and it's all about getting there. Yes, but, but again, so yeah, their goal is to the head of them, uh, or is wait uh, ahead of them. <laughs> uh, but Mount Doom is kind of towards the east, but they are traveling northward, so they're still not traveling directly towards their goal because they're trying to escape. Uh, any orc search parties along the way. So they're and, and again having recall, to go kind of roundabout. Yeah, and and, and coming up the uh, to the, the the pass of the spider, well now they have to get back down. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It is like a line of mountains that they just went through. Yes. And they were still kind of stuck at the top of yeah, uh, so they have a couple of problems. They're kind of running low on water again. They're very exhausted. And, you know, even Sam falls asleep without realizing it. So, you know, usually it's kind of like Sam who lets Frodo sleep for a while. But, like, even now Sam is getting, like, so weary that he's just kind of passing out of it for a second. 
Right. And then, uh, you know, they're talking and, and Frodo basically casts aside that orc male. He's like, this is too heavy. I just can't do it. And as they're walking, they're uh, kind of discussing the dangers. And, you know, one of them is, is, is orcs. But then Sam brings something else up, which is that Gollum isn't dead, for one thing. Mm-hmm. I like that Tolkien is few times this chapter has reminded us that Gollum is still stinking about. I don't know. Snickering about. Still a concern. Sneak thiefing around. (laughs) So Frodo basically is cold and tired. So he discards the mail and he's actually wearing the uh, elven cloak again. And so they just kind of keep walking and keep walking. I mean, honestly, does it really? Go ahead. Sorry. So I I just want to point out like the first kind of thing that I wanted to talk about was uh, and in relation to what I said earlier so yeah uh, Sam gives Frodo his cloak and um, Frodo kind of mentions about how he was trying to think of home when he was trapped in the tower uh, but he can't see them now Um, he talks about trying to think of of like familiar places at home in Hobbiton and he can't see them now. And what uh, you need to realize is that Frodo is losing hope. We'll, we'll develop that as the chapter goes on, I think. And we'll develop that in relation to uh, the kind of funny Sam moments. So <laughs> kind of as they're walking, Frodo becomes aware of the presence of a black rider he says, you know, I can feel it. We should kind of lay low for a while. And kind of night, perhaps, day turns to night. Not that he's even really day because they're in the middle of this darkness. Um, but then one thing happens and it says it was the morning of the 15th of March. And over the Vale of Anduin, the sun is, was rising above the eastern shadow and the southwest wind was blowing. Theoden lay dying on the Pelennor fields. Yeah. So we get one of these synchronizations again. Uh, and they even hear, all the way here, they hear the cry of the death of the Witch King. Right. And so Sam at this moment says, he, you know, they're hearing this, and Sam says to Frodo, he says something's happened, and specifically says he's not having it all his own way. He, meaning Sauron, of course. Um, and... Sam, you know, again, says, asks Frodo, he says, what did I tell you? Something's happening and haven't you got some hope now? So there's, again, that uh, talk of hope that Sam still holds on to, it seems. And, of course, that Frodo has said already in this chapter that he hasn't. And Frodo's response, again, is, well, no, not much. And... Frodo is exhausted, he's tired, he's weary. The ring is becoming heavier and heavier with each step he takes further into Mordor. And basically it's all that occupies his mind. He says that like all he can see in his mind is fire. And then, so right after this, we get something really great just in this description of Mount Doom. And it... Uh, says that Orodwirian was belching forth a great fume, uh, which I think is like you know giving us that echoing vision that Frodo has. 
so it's great and dark and yeah. gross. Like it's just this understanding that like that dark. I mean, we've already pot like we've already like assumed within us that this darkness coming from Mordor was. But this is like the first time properly that the the fire belching like that 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 darkness came from this specific source. We are seeing the source of that darkness. Yeah. Instead of it, and the point being is this is something I'm going to probably hammer home near the end of the chapter is the point being that nature, yes, that Sauron is using nature, but nature is still at his, like he's still at the whim of nature mm-hmm. to a degree. Like he might have some control over the darkness that is spewing forth from um, Mount Doom, but it's still just smoke. Mm-hmm. And this is still just Mordor. This is still just a land that has ecology and all this stuff. And I can't help but feel like that that's a point that Tolkien is making. Well, and even within this passage, too, again, you know, referencing Theoden uh, dying on the Pelennor and the death of the Witch King. So, again, we, the reader, know uh, that this wind of change has already come, uh, at least to others. And they've noted, you know, like a, a, a change is coming. Things are happening. And there's this passage. Um, uh, so Frodo and Sam, again, they're they're resting. And um, it says uh, the billowing clouds of Mordor were being driven back. Their edges tattering as a wind out of the living world came up and swept the fumes and smokes towards the dark land of their home. Under the lifting skirts of the dreary canopy, dim light linked leaked into Mordor like pale morning through the green the grimed window of a prison so yeah and I like that uh this you know light leaking in like pale morning through the grimed window of a prison because again you know they it, it seems like Sam at least can see far off some kind of faint glimmer of change but it's still through it's still tempered like through the 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 I don't know the grimy glass that is <laughs> that yeah, is Mordor like, that they're in. It, it, it's still the fact that yes, Mount Doom is right there, but it's also forty miles away, mm-hmm. and they still have to march there. Mm-hmm. They still have to walk there. Even though it's that it's that feeling of I am so close, yet I am so, so far, far away. Mm-hmm. So then they kind of, I mean, they're still just walking. You know, yeah. they they hear the Witch King die and then Frodo basically just tries to dismiss it and they're walking. So Sam is like, okay, well, let's have some dinner. So they share some Limbus and then it's just kind of more, uh, you know, more just kind of this this toil that they're going through. And at one point, uh, Sam starts to talk and he's like, you know, if I see if I ever see Galadriel again, I know what I'm going to ask for yeah. this time. And it's only going to be light and clean water. Yeah. Yeah. But- because what's interesting is they've, um, and I, I don't know if this has happened yet, but they found water. Yeah, yeah this, this, I mean, that's exactly when this happens. And mm-hmm. Sam is like, I'm going to go first. And <laughs> yeah, at first, the way it, like you read it even, uh, it's like, wow, Sam's actually being selfish for once. Okay. And then Frodo is like, okay, but there's room enough for the both of us. No, Mr. Frodo, I'm making sure it's not poisoned or what, how. Right. To any, voice, to any followers or <laughs> listeners uh, in the great uh, nation... And Ireland of Ireland, I 
deeply and sincerely apologize. I wasn't even trying to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's just what it sounded like to me. Actually, it sounded like in the episode of Difficult People where Julia is trying to pretend to be an Australian doing an American accent. <laughs> and they all actually end up thinking she's challenged. The, 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 the point being that he's like, I, I will make sure it's not poisoned and horrible nastiness. Yeah. The and po- it doesn't, doesn't taste good, but it's still drinkable. It tastes oily and bitter. Yeah, which is a, a weird combination and one that you never want in your drinking water. But to the two of them, it was the sweetest thing ever. But that's my, that's, that's my, that's, that's, that's what I'm, it's, mm, mm. There's water here. Yeah. Like, there's there's life here. There's plant life. There's water. Albeit ugly. Yes. But it's it's still there. Like, that's the thing. We, we started talking about it last week about how, like, this is still a land that is, like, uh, I think it was when we were talking about, like, the orcs. The orcs still need food. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, here the water is still flowing. And, like, Sauron can't ultimately control everything like evil can't just completely completely permeate hold on a second permeate (laughs) permeate permeate through absolutely everything and i just could not let go of that while i was reading this chapter Mm -hmm. they uh well so it's this this next bit uh so again there's you know there's a lot of kind of slow trudging walking and a lot of rest in this chapter because Again, uh, you know, as we've said, Frodo is becoming weaker and weaker and needs more and more rest. So they're kind of resting again and take a little bit of food and a little more water. But, of course, nothing is satisfying. And Frodo is sleeping and uh, Sam, in an effort to keep himself awake, kind of crawls out of this hiding spot that they've found sort of under one of these ugly growing like thickets uh and so sam crawls out of this hiding spot and he looks up and piercing through the gloom he sees a star and uh this is such a such a great moment um because it kind of it 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 reminds us so much of the importance of hope and again, that's that Sam like kind of constantly gives us, even when we, we we don't think there is any, and Frodo doesn't think there is any hope. Sam constantly holds on to this, and so here he is again, trying to keep himself awake, and manages to see this star. And uh, so he looks up, and it's just great. Yes. Me- May, may, may Ra- I read the most important section of this chapter, please? <laughs> Go. I want to, please. Go for uh, it. <laughs> please let me. There, peeping among the cloud rack, above a dark tor high up in the mountains, Sam saw a white star twinkling for a while. The beauty of it smote his heart as he looked up out of the forsaken land and hope returned to him. For like a shaft, clear and cold, the thought pierced him that in the end... The shadow was only a small and passing thing. There was light and high beauty forever beyond its reach. His song in the tower had been defiance rather than hope. For then he was thinking of himself. 
I may have I may have just read a little too much. Well, <laughs> no, but I, th- I think the continuation of this is important, though. Again, though, so uh, it continues. Now, for a moment, his own fate and even his master's ceased to trouble him. He crawled back into the brambles and laid himself by Frodo's side, and putting away all fear, he cast himself in a deep, untroubled sleep. So, yeah, he sees this. He sees this light that even the darkness of Mordor cannot uh, shut out, and. Yeah. It uh, kind of takes him out of himself and even out of their all-important quest, and he's able to completely lay aside any fear. And at this moment, um, you know, this is the night of the 15th, and they've actually already started to see just a little bit of the sun, you know, that we saw in the battle. Like, mm-hmm. that's kind of starting to reach them. So they go to sleep, they wake up, they do more wandering through Mordor and they're kind of wondering like, how do things live here? You know? Um, and then we get a little kind of information from the narrator. That's like, well, they didn't realize that Mordor is a vast land and Sauron has huge, like basically slave areas in, like the South and the West and, you know, parts of middle earth that we've just like never even talked about, never named, never discussed where, you know, they send tribute to Sauron or he just takes it, you know, and there are fields and stuff, but the part that they're wandering through is basically the industrial part because it's so close to the gate. And so this is where Sauron has kind of created his, his army. How is that funny? No, 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 it's not funny. It's not funny. It's not funny at all. It just reminded me of something. Is this going to be a total non sequitur like it was two weeks ago? And you're um, like, this nope, book about a gut. Nope, 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 not, not, nope, nope. I'm not even going to reference it because only two people on this podcast out of three have no, no one I'm going to talk about. So I'm not going to say it. That's, I mean, the majority, but okay. <laughs> That's true. So anyway, <laughs> they're walking along and then they kind of hear some orcs and they're like, uh-oh, we better hide. And so it's two kind of different clans of orc and one is, is, is like more a strong... Uh, you know, and then the other it's has like a small tracker. Yeah, it yeah. says he has like big nostrils. Basically, they're just like arguing and they hate each other. And the tracker's like, "Man, I was on a smell of like some people, but that stupid guy back there like found the chainmail that Frodo cast aside, but he touched it, so now I can't track it." And they're basically just like, I don't know. It's just kind of showing that there's no um, cooperation between the different orcs because they aren't actually working together for any purpose. They're just kind of controlled by fear and enslaved you know well especially right now i can't help but feel like there was some structure at some point but now it's just it's i mean this chapter is all about how like like i I almost like in my mind like go like yeah frodo take off your your orc mail because it doesn't matter because everything is crazy here right now and i mean even one of the orcs is like oh yeah didn't you hear the witch king has been murdered so yeah why should we care about anything right now yeah so well and they're they 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 seem to like hear snippets of things but not really completely understand what's going on too because you know they as our hobbits are listening to these orcs fighting they you know we go from these rumors from about this great elf warrior that you know of course Sam had claimed <laughs> once once he heard that uh to then some kind of small dwarf man or maybe even a pack of rebel urukai um or all of these things combined so again um, you know, the orcs don't really seem to understand what's going on. Um, they basically just know that there's bad news for their side coming from what's what's happened outside the gate. And then, yeah, again, this mention of Gollum. Uh, and then, yeah, they call him, what is it, the... Uh, 
The gobbler. Yeah, the gobbler. Yeah, yeah. So as they wander off, Sam is like commenting on how they're they're quarrelsome and he says well i call that neat is neat if this nice friendliness would spread about in mordor half our trouble would be over not only as they wander off but as one orc kills the other oh yeah shoots sorry. the other in the eye so that's you know again if, what have we seen so in the tower just you know bodies orc bodies everywhere so some kind of quarrel these orcs quarreling here so there's of course this internal struggle uh within the armies of mordor and yeah sam nice note again this light-hearted uh, which which we need. Um, yeah, if only we could just, uh, or if, if this continues, then yeah, good for us. Just let the orcs kill each other. So, yeah, then they're discussing Gollum, and he's like, yeah, I didn't hear Gollum's, you know, they mentioned that they've seen Gollum. And mm-hmm. uh, Frodo was like, yeah, I remember you saying that earlier, and I was wondering how you knew. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Sam is... At this point, is this when he tells? Yeah, Sam now kind of recounts for Frodo about what happened. Yeah, says uh, Sam spoke in Frodo's ear all that he could find words for of Gollum's treacherous attack and the horror of Shelob and his own adventures with the orcs. Uh, and then at the end of this, Frodo, because they've been kind of resting during this, at the end of this, Frodo basically decides, you know what, Sam, I need you to take this for me. And he hands Sam the file and... uh he hands Sam Sting and he basically says, I am so weak that I'm going to need both of my hands. And also I don't think I'm really going to be able to attack anymore. So, but I think also kind of in hearing Sam's story, Frodo's like, Oh, Sam can take care of himself better than I can at this point. So Sam can take care of himself and Sam can protect Frodo. Yeah. Yeah. So then they're just kind of back to, uh, back to wandering and they're hungry and thirsty and so they you know they're just wandering and they eat more limbus and then it's a new day yep and you know frodo again is weaker and weaker and worries that he is becoming slower and slower and needing to rest more and more and so we get to like their third day of of walking and they basically have no choice but to uh, come... Take this kind to, of shortcut. Yeah. And it's not... I mean, it's not a shortcut. It's like a path that's kind of been like cut into the stones. It's kind of clearly not a road, but rather like a path for quick scouts. Right. Uh, so it's this is kind of uh, not allowing them to lie low anymore. And uh, they... Uh, so... Sam is kind of making Frodo eat and drink and and rest a little bit first. And he goes off to find water, fills up the the water bottle again, and then turns around and sees this sort of creature, this black shadowy creature that is skulking around near where Frodo is hiding. And of course it scampers away as Sam returns but he he knows who it is. It's 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 Chupacabras. <laughs> it's our friend Gollum. It's our friend Gollum. I imagine. Right. I don't know. I'm just guessing. <laughs> but it's Gollum, right? No, don't answer that. But it's Gollum. Yes? No. It's It's a black shadowy creature. Uh so yeah, when they finally are coming to the road. And they're heading eastward. Um, 
and continue along for for quite a while, several miles, and uh, realize that somewhere along the way, this road has curved northward. So, oops, Mm -hmm. that was the way we didn't really want to go uh, because that's taking us straight into where we're going to run into a group of orcs. And sure enough, they hear right this moment. Yeah, yeah, they hear the sound of orcs approaching, and basically, there's no way for them to go. So both of them kind of sit down in defeat. Frodo, in particular, just kind of plops down, hangs his head. It's over, and they wait for the orcs to come and discover them. And uh, sure enough, they do, and they're captured. End of book. Done. Yeah, I was about to say, like the way that was worded at that moment of like, yeah, we're done, whatever. And I was just like, come on. <laughs> come on it's it's been a long we're in the second chapter of book what six yeah we're no no well spoiler alert the next chapter is titled mount doom (laughs) so uh no so what happens is the 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 orcs pass and the orcs are just like says they're kind of lesser orcs who clearly like don't want to fight and they just kind of like want to get done marching so they can have some rest. And like, it looks like everything is clear, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But? But uh, the, the kind of head orc in this line cracks his whip and mistakes our two hobbit friends for orcs. Yeah. So uh, good job disguises and uh makes them fall in line um calls them like lazy slugs and whatnot uh, yeah because well he noticed he recognizes the insignia on their shield is like you should have right. been there like three days ago right so and they were gonna fall on the end of the line he's like no you're like right at the front i'm gonna keep an eye on you i'm gonna know the second you try and escape yeah. so what happens but they march for like eight more miles and at this point frodo is basically just about to collapse and sam himself is Feeling oh, like he's going to yeah. collapse. And they're basically at the moment where this is going to happen. But a little miracle occurs because this is a, they're reaching a Y in the road and there are other companies coming in on the other road and they're all going to the gate together. And what have we seen when different groups of orcs commingle? <laughs> they always. Absolute chaos. They, no, they, they, they get along perfectly well, guys. Yeah, party. It's like. <laughs> Woodstock Mordor, Woodstock Third Age. So like, basically, uh, basically the orcs are like, we get to go first, and the you know, charge into the battalion in which Frodo and Sam are marching, and just cause utter chaos. And Frodo and Sam just kind of like fall to their feet, and people are tripping over them, and they kind of crawl away and manage to uh, escape and get far enough away that they're kind of out of sight, and Frodo just kind of falls over and passes out and it says he lay there like a dead thing. Yeah. So if we remember Chase, what did, uh, what did our friends decide in the penultimate chapter of book five? Uh, I'm dead. I'm okay with this. What? In book five, the remember? penultimate chapter was, was penultimate. Mean ultimate again? means last penultimate means before the last, before the last. Yeah. And Were there... ultimately means last penultimate means the one before the last and anti-penultimate means two before the last. You're talking about when they're 
about to get ready to march. Well, they're debating, right? Yeah, there we go. Distractions and all that stuff. Well, what happens to save Frodo and Sam at this moment? The fact that Sauron is feverishly... Distracted, right? Yep. Well, he's feverishly marching all of his orcs to the gate at at once. And because of the chaos that this created, that's the only reason why Frodo and Sam were able to escape. Yeah. And And even... Go ahead. I was going to say, even, you know, earlier in this chapter, again, as we're seeing Mount Doom, which is still, you know, miles and miles away for our dear hobbits, uh, there's a mention of in Barador where uh, basically it says uh, the the dark power was completely preoccupied and um, that again, which which we had we had seen mentions of this from a, a couple of. Uh, several chapters ago that uh, Sauron is concerned he's frightened he's doubtful um, he is he, afraid he, he is petrified <laughs> he sees he, he sees these visions of uh, in, in in this chapter we see a bright sword and a stern and kingly face it saw and for a while it gave little thought to other things and uh, all its great stronghold gate on gate and tower on tower was wrapped in a brooding gloom so you know, he's distracted, which is the exact point, uh, the exact uh, goal of of what our friends were doing outside, pulling his eye as far away from Frodo as they could. It's interesting seeing it from the other side where what seemed like this, like, tidal wave of forces... And then seeing on the other side, it's like, oh my god, this is literally like, no, we mean a tidal wave as in like literally a tidal wave of orcs was just raining down because they didn't know what was going on. I love it. I <laughs> it love was it. just chaotic. It was just chaotic. So in order to uh, cause a tidal wave of orcs, do you need an orc quake? Yes. Oh. oh. Yes. Yes. That's, no. Yes. yes. No. Yes. Yes. It's par for the course of the day I've had. <laughs> <laughs> So, anyway, that's the end of the chapter. Yep. Frodo lying like a dead thing. Yeah, and, like, I'm not trying to be dismissive when I say this because I don't think it's dismissive. It's just this chapter is not a lot actually happened. It's mostly kind of this mood and this, uh, you know, the description. Yeah. So, it's a lot like the middle 200 pages of Anna Karenina. Like, it's not really something that you can really discuss that easily. That's true. Especially extemporaneously. Like, I think if we... If we were the kind of show that went through and like prepared, you know, we could have specific talking points, but just kind of us off the cuff being like, oh, yeah, it's weary. It's still weary, you know? I mean, it has a beginning, it has a very important middle, and then it has an end. Yeah. I mean, and again, I thought the same thing because I read this over the course of a train ride and a break at work. And then yeah. it's just like, this is a lot of walking, but I feel like that's the point. Yeah. Because I felt like it'd been a while since we've had Tolkien give us like a very weary. Everything is bad and people are trudging through mud. The last time I even feel like we had a chapter like this was the beginning of the two towers when our remnants of the fellowship were going after Mary and Pippin. Remember mm-hmm. that? Where it was just like a lot of like running, 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 running. Yeah. Stop for a minute. Running, 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 running. But I also think that interspersed within the uh, like trudging along and just general weariness of this chapter again we get um glimmers of hope that sam attempts over and over to point out and i think this like uh 
like illustrates just the general hobbitness of Sam. Like Sam is the quintessential hobbit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like and 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 again, like fine he's he's acting as I don't I don't want to like make too big of a deal out of it, but I feel like he's almost acting as the file of Galadriel for Frodo, right? Should like the 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 file of Galadriel be bringing light in in dark places when all other, you know, light goes out. Um and that's what Sam tries to do. And I think we get a couple glimmers of that through this chapter as well. I guess my favorite moment, honestly, is just the bit at the end where, like, all the armies are coming together specifically because the distraction is working, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it's not explicitly pointed at that, like, this is happening. But, like, that's why that's happening, you know? Like, Frodo and Sam don't even realize that it's happening for them. So... My favorite bit had to be very simply when they first found water. And then they found it again, which simply comes from the fact I did not expect that at all. Which, compared to The Two Towers, I'm going to have a lot to say about that movie. I'm just, like, I'm going to have a lot to say about Return of the King, the movie. And I keep having this, like, massive checklist appear in my head. I'm trying my best to hold back. As best I can. But let's just say the water bit was the thing that really got to me because it proved that Mordor in of itself, like between, yes, we're saving Middle Earth, but Mordor is part of Middle Earth. And Mordor seems to still be birthing some sort of life. That is what got to me. I think that my favorite part is just that moment when Sam sees the star. I just love everything about it. That is extremely singular. Mm-hmm. I like is, the writing. I like what the moment signifies. I like it. I I, I, I I really should have clicked on it when I had the chance. But in my version of the book, that is a link. Interesting. And it goes to the glossary. And then it doesn't. <laughs> Great job, book. Got it. <laughs> Cool story. Kendall, thank thank you, Kendall. It didn't actually go anywhere. But it's it, it was a link in my book, so I figured it must mean like it's like some important star. All right. Well like it's some elf burning blazes up in the heavens. <laughs> anything uh anything else to discuss before we kind of gravitate away from the text? No. Nope, going once, going twice. Okay. <laughs> so uh I just have a qu- I just have a quick uh two recommendations, nothing super long uh the 99 percent invisible episode photo credit it's episode 225 i really enjoyed um i like 99 percent invisible a lot but lately the show has been getting farther and farther away from like kind of the original architecture uh intention and also i feel like the show is getting a lot more shallow like instead of being like a 15 to 18 minute episode you'll get like a 9 to 10 minute episode which is really infuriating honestly that's too short for that show yeah but this episode was really great. Um, it was about architecture, but it also kind of wasn't. Uh, it was kind of about the Bauhaus and like the photography. I, it was just really fascinating. So I liked that. And then um, also Planet Money, they're doing a series this entire month, actually, where they purchased crude oil and then like have been following it along every step in the path 
uh, to refine gasoline. It's just really fascinating. Oh, so, that's that. I got to listen to that. That yeah. sounds cool. Planet Money yeah. is one of my favorite podcasts. And I know it's like easy to say like, oh, one of the most popular podcasts of all time is one of my favorite podcasts. But like, there's a reason why it's, it's, you know, they've put out 700 episodes. Yeah. So those two shows, check them out. They're both pretty quick. They're both, you know, 20 minute max shows. So I have absolutely nothing from this week. Really? Nothing? Much, much like Frodo, I am weary. Sorry, well, we also guys. ordered. I have nothing. We also recorded the previous episode much later than we usually do. So only yeah. a couple of days have passed instead of a full week. I'm in the same boat as Katie to some degree. We're also all very tired right now. Uh, so. I have, I mean, I have like, I had to wake up at four this morning, which was a f- awesome experience. And it is now 1030. So. Um, so I have like two things, I guess I should say. One being that I got, I actually got to put on my school uniform for my culinary school I'm going to in about a week. And I got chills. You were a toke? Yeah. No, no. That I get that when I graduate. Oh my God. That's amazing. Uh, no, I legitimately. I get that when I graduate. I, but I love that that's ceremonial. I mean, yeah. you know? Yeah. 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 So I got to wear like the big chef's like outfit and like try it on. And I'm also like a size smaller than I used to be, um, which I need to keep track of and make sure I stay that way. Um, Especially being, being around food. School. Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah. I, I My job is around food and then also schools around food. Yeah. So that was like a some looking at myself in the mirror in like a chef's outfit. Like... I, you feel like uh it I am I, I teared up. You feel like Alfredo and uh and Ratatouille? No, no, I feel much bigger than that. Is there a is there a tiny little Pat Oswalt pulling no, your hair? God no. Um Yeah, I almost cried in front of a woman I'd never met before. Um This is New York City. I do that like <laughs> I do that like three times a week. I was about to say. <laughs> um and also I started rewatching um just off in the background I've been working on stuff. Um, uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Which season? Season two. Oh, it's so weird, but it's it's also a lot more New York. Than yeah, the first season is. Yeah, I get that Second Avenue subway joke now. Is all I have to say. Yeah, I I got that. I was like, oh god, I get I mean, this they now. Were, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> literally the Second Avenue subway has been a thing in the making since the Great Depression. The point being is. There's stuff in New York that you only get if you live here, which, and it's starting to happen, and it's freaking me out. Which I understand to a lot of you listeners who don't live in New York, like, that's really obnoxious. Oh, yeah. It was to me, too. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, the city is very insular, and you kind of don't understand until you move here. Oh, wow. Men in Black makes so much more sense now. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, anyway, we're, uh, we're blathering. So, yep. uh, Katie, you want to you wanna play us out, Katie Cat? But for real, before we leave, I would like to give a thank you once again to our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for donating to us and supporting our podcast needs. We really do appreciate each and every one of you. So thank you once again to Ryan Hepler, Brian Osborne, Kevin Reynolds, Dana Victor, Jason Savage, Mike Williams, Anna Dunlany, Jiang Fua, Kyle Thompson, Michael Smith, Tariq, Ignatius Pendergraf, Devin Mann, Ariel Alm, Adam Kahn, Charlie, Ben Goldstein, Madison Roberts, Aaron Crawford, Benjamin John Macy, Avon McMaster, Jacob Verma, and Michael Laney. And remember, there's still time to uh, to contribute as as Gothmog the Cruel. 
Yeah. No. Yeah. Or if you no. want, maybe maybe a little bit less. Uh, so I don't know. You there's there's also Gorthour the Cruel. That's another name for for him. You uh, could be ooh, you, with the Vampire Herald Thringwithil. I don't even know how to pronounce that. You could, or you could be. I don't know. Fatty Lumpkin. <laughs> Fatty Lumpkin. I was gonna say Feanor. Fatty Lumpkin. Yeah, Fatty Lumpkin was a great character. Had like one paragraph, but whatever. Grima Wormtongue. I like Grima Wormtongue. Or how about how about this? You just be Sharky. John just. We discovered that Sharky is a, is another nickname for Saramon. John just. Shark. John just desperately wants me to have to thank someone that I don't want to thank. I really do. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody give a give us money under the name, you know, Richard Milhouse Nixon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, or, or, or a Phyllis Schlafly. That cracked me up way more than it should have. So anyway, and with that, <laughs> join us next week where we'll be reading Chapter Three, Mount Doom. Dun dun dun. I'm John. I'm Katie. And I'm Dr. Henry Kissinger, and this is my magic moda bag. <laughs> okay. And I'm the wife of Mao Zedong. We'll love, see. Love, sweet love. Uh, have a good week, everybody. Is that a good Kissinger impression? I don't know. I honestly don't even know what Kissinger sounds like. He sounds like. like that. He sounds just like that. He sounds exactly like how I just sounded right then. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Talking Tolkien. You can find us online at talkingtolkien.com, and you can send us an email to the professor at talkingtolkien.com. We do our best to respond to each email, so please let us know about your thoughts, theories, and themes you'd like us to discuss in the show. We are also Talking Tolkien on Facebook and Twitter, and we love hearing from you. If you're not already a subscriber, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. We would particularly appreciate it if we would give us a rating on iTunes, as it really helps us to show up in searches and reach a new audience. We also have a Patreon page, where you can donate as little as $1 per month help our podcast grow through your generous support we've been able to purchase many new pieces of equipment helping us bring you a better sounding more professional podcast nothing makes us more excited than a new pledge and we greatly appreciate all the support we've received so far